When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the College Financial Aid and Career Navigation Podcast. Tom and Maria Geffers of Career and College Counselors, along with nationally recognized college financial aid expert Seth Green, teach two things. How to cut the cost of college tuition an average of $19,077 per child per year and how to land your dream job after you graduate by choosing the right career and major. To get access to more information on how you can make the right choice, simply register at www.careercollegecounselors.com connect. To find out how to save an average of $19,077 per year per child on college tuition, go to www.howtofindmoneyforcollege.com. On the podcast, Tom, Maria, and Seth bring together leading experts in their fields who have experience in the college admission and career application process. They share their secrets so you can do it too. And now, here's your hosts, Tom, Maria, and Seth. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another broadcast. My name's Maria Geffers, and this is Tom Geffers. And we're from Career and College Counselors, and we are excited. And now I always say I'm excited, but we finally get to uh, introduce our wonderful co-host, Seth Green. And hi, Seth. Hi, thanks so much. It's an honor to be on the same side of the mic as you. I know. Usually uh, we're on the other side. You're always interviewing us and giving us great wisdom. So just in case anyone doesn't know, Seth is a great uh, fountain of information on so many things, especially that has to do with college and uh, career uh, and college financials. So thank you so much. Uh, Seth is, his company is howtofindmoneyforcollege.com. And our overarching topic this week is going to be financial aid and negotiation. Uh, Very important pieces, financial aid, and then the negotiation piece uh, as well. So, um, you know, as always, Seth, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what was your aha moment in this journey that you've had? Sure. So I'll do the short, I'll try and do the short version. At the age of 18, my life goal was to be a Broadway star. I went to Syracuse University for musical theater. And every single semester, my dad would call me freaking out, telling me he couldn't afford Syracuse anymore. And I had to move home, live at home, get a job, do chores, (laughs) wash the dishes, all that kinds of fun stuff. And it was every time he got the tuition bill. So by the time I graduated, from the theater program, I had also picked up studies in and became a college financial aid planner because I wanted to help other families save them from the stress, trauma, and drama that I went through. So that's how I became a college financial planner because my dad drove me nuts about the high cost of Syracuse many decades ago, and I wanted to help other families avoid the pain I went through. I think we can all appreciate that those of us that went through that process, I was asked if I had an Uncle Harry that could uh fit you know i ran out of money and uh could did i have an uncle harry that could give me the money i said i have an uncle harry but he's not going to give me any money so yeah i know that angst very well so (coughs) excuse me the um 
this topic is so broad. Um, you know, it's hard to do a, a, a deep dive in, in, a, in one podcast, but maybe we can do like a snorkel dive uh, <laughs> each time and, and finally get to the bottom of all this stuff. But, you know, th th there's a lot of information out there and you have a customized plan that you use for parents. Can you take us through your process? Sure. So our process first is to start with where you are now. We have to find out what that magic number is, the expected family contribution or EFC as it's commonly called. We have to find out what the federal government thinks you can afford to pay for college, which is never what you can actually afford to pay. It's always a lot more, but we have to figure out where we're starting from. Then we have to look at school selection. If it's not too late, what schools are you applying to? And based on that expected family contribution, how much money are they going to give you in terms of free financial aid? I want free scholarships and grants that you never have to pay back. I want free money. So we've got to determine ahead of time, what will those financial aid packages look like? Can you even afford to go? Is there a point to applying to the school? Can you afford to go given your current situation and what those packages are going to look like so that we can get you to apply to schools that the child actually wants to go to that you can actually afford with the package you're going to get? And then obviously the next part of the process is when the schools don't give you as much money as they should is handling that appeal. And then I think we're probably the only firm or one of the only firms in the country that will physically negotiate with every school for more money on behalf of our students. Okay, now a lot of, a lot of people see these uh, high tuition schools and the sticker price and all these things that are floating around. How can a, a student attend a, uh, a more elite school uh, without being afraid of applying and getting as much money as a public school? So I'm glad you asked. That is a huge misconception. Most people see the sticker price of those schools and say, there's no way we can afford it. But usually what happens is what they don't realize is those private schools can actually be cheaper than a state school or a public school. And the reason is they have multi-billion dollar endowment funds to give away. So for example, it's almost cheaper, even though Syracuse University is $70,000 a year now. It'd be cheaper for my son to go there or pretty close to the same price as the State University SUNY Buffalo, where my dad threatened me I had to go. <laughs> and it's not because it's because SUNY Buffalo has no need-based financial aid to offer, and Syracuse has billions. So if you play your cards right and claim your fair share, a lot of times the private schools will end up costing the same or even less than a public school. So how do you pick colleges that will give the best financial aid package? You do that? You do that with the families uh, together? Yes, we absolutely do that with them together. We figure out what, uh, what is the magic number for the college. The magic number for the parents is the EFC. That's where we start. The magic number for the college is we need to know what percentage of need they will meet. So if the sticker price is 70 grand and your EFC is 20, 70 minus 20 is you have a need, a gap of $50,000. Right. If SUNY Buffalo, I'm going to pick on them, will meet 0% of that need, you're on the hook for all 70. They don't cost it, but you're on the hook for your EFC and the difference. If Syracuse will meet 100% of your need, then I'm only on the hook for the 20K of my EFC. I'm not on the hook for the other 50. And the regular tuition and room and board at SUNY Buffalo is more than 20. All of a sudden, Syracuse is cheaper. Those numbers aren't exact, but that's kind of my general illustration. Right. Now, you also help families with uh, college-related uh, tax deductions and tax credits. How do you do that with them? 
Absolutely. So depending on your personal financial situation, and you should talk to a college financial aid expert like myself or Tom and Maria, depending on your situation in your state or someone who can serve you nationwide, um, depending on your situation, there may be tax advantage ways to pay for college. It, again, it's going to depend on your financial situation, but there are people, clients of ours, who have the ability to pay for college on a tax-favored basis, depending on how they pay for it, depending on where that money comes from, we might be able to save them a significant chunk of tax money as well. At this point, uh, going into the school year, October is coming up quickly, and the FAFSA you know, tends to scare everybody away. And they say about 30% of the people don't even fill it out. Do you, can you talk a little bit about how important it is to do the FAFSA come October 1st? Absolutely. So we're recording this near the end of August. So obviously, if you're a senior, if your child is a high school senior, you got some work to do pretty quick. If your child's a junior, sophomore, freshman, you got plenty of time to take advantage of the strategies that exist to reduce the amount you'll have to pay. Now, the importance of the FAFSA, you cannot, there are two types of financial aid. There is need-based financial aid. That is based on your economic financial situation. Then there is merit-based aid. That's based on grades, SAT scores, extracurriculars, sports, musical instruments, um, what ethnic or gender boxes you check, what quotas the school's trying to fill, where are you in, stata, out of state, all that fun stuff. So you can't get either if you don't fill out the financial aid forms. So you have to fill out not only the FAFSA for public schools, but if you are applying to private schools, you have to fill out the CSS profile financial aid forms as well. And they have to be filled out, both of them, or you get zero. So for example, we had a family that didn't fill out the financial aid forms at all because they said, oh, our kids got 300 grand and a 529 that grandpa set up. We're not gonna, we can pay for it. We don't need financial aid. And they never filled out the forms. And their financial advisor found out, yelled at them, sent them strongly to us. And they said, well, we already paid the full price first year, Boston University. We paid 80 grand in tuition the first year. They're not gonna give us any money. We already paid. And they right, said, right. hire Seth and how to find money for college.com anyway. Take the leap of faith. They got a money back guarantee. So they hired us. And literally two weeks ago, Boston University sent them an email saying, we're pleased to let you know we've awarded your daughter $44,500 a year in scholarships. Wow. Right. So literally we cut the cost in half and the rest of that 529 is now going for her little brother. And they won't have to worry about where they're going to come up with the money for that. Because right. we were able to cut BU in half because of what we were able to do. And they said, oh, well, we have the 300 grand. We're not gonna fill out the forms. And they missed out on all the other aid they could have gotten that they didn't know about. Right. Well, even if you have a high income family, a lot of assets, sometimes they wanna take other loans, you know, regardless of that to, to cover college and let their assets sit and, and gain, you know, uh, more income at seven or 8% or whatever they're getting and taking out a lower loan at four or 5%. And they can't get those plus loans if they haven't filled out the FAFSA, correct? That is absolutely right. You know, we've had, there are more provisions in the college financial aid rules that allow you to get more free money for folks who are business owners or self-employed. Obviously, we help W-2 employee families all day long, but there's more loopholes, so to speak, if you are a business owner or self-employed. We've even had clients who made $10 million a year who got financial aid. Yeah. That past performance, no guarantee of future success, insert standard legal disclaimers here, <laughs> but 
it is possible depending on your financial situation and how we can structure your assets or structure the way you receive income. So it all depends. I, I like to compare it to uh, when people ask me about this is, you know, standing in front of an ATM machine and waiting for the money to come out, but you didn't put your card in. They don't have your information. Yeah. That is a great, I'm going to I'm going to steal that if, with your permission. That is a great analogy. All right. So, you know, it, it simplifies it, but right. it, it makes it very clear. Um, in this current situation, I don't know how long this is going to continue on with the COVID situation. Um, how is, how is that affecting, you know, the amount of money that students are getting or is it, uh, to pay for college? It's affected, it's affected everything significantly. So you have fewer enrollments. There are more kids taking a gap year. There are more kids waiting. There are more kids changing where they're going. There are people who are virtual who are saying, why am I paying $70,000 a year for my kid to be on the computer? They could do that from home. They don't need to live in a dorm. And, you know, they could get, they could watch YouTube instead of being in, if they're not going to be in the classroom. So there's a lot of pressure on the schools, which hopefully you can manipulate or exploit or work to your advantage in an ethical way to make them value the dollars you're going to pay for your child more. Right. Right. You know, we heard, uh, you know, you mentioned the CSS. I heard that that was an absolute nightmare uh, with, with trying to figure that out. Do you help them with that at all, Seth? We do both for them. So our clients, we literally fill out the FAFSA and CSS for them. They don't have to touch it. And you're right about the nightmare. The FAFSA, thanks to the Consolidated Appropriations Act that passed in December, the FAFSA has been reduced to 36 questions. The CSS is for private schools. The law doesn't affect them. They can do whatever they want. The CSS is about 527 questions. Wow. 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 I mean, that, most of us need help with that. <laughs> scares you away. It does. It does scare you away. I guess it's, like, it's, yeah, do, it's like trying to do your taxes while getting a root canal. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, not good. Not good. What kind of student uh, and or parents would really be your ideal client? So the, we can, as we mentioned, there's more free money available at private schools. So if it's a family where the child is looking at considering private schools, maybe thought they couldn't afford it, or maybe the parents got sticker shock, that's a good family for us. Obvious, I mean, we've worked with folks who run the gamut. We've had kids who got perfect SAT scores. We've got kids whose SAT score was under a thousand. You know, mm -hmm. we've worked with the kids who were the overachievers and got the 4.0 plus. And we've worked with kids who, you know, have a two and a half. <laughs> Obviously, the better the grades, the better the test scores, the easier job it is for us to get money. But we don't discriminate as long as what we'll do is we'll analyze their situation for free because they're coming in from the podcast. So we'll calculate their EFC. We'll run an analysis on their number one dream school. We won't charge them for that. If we can help them, we'll tell them. And then they can decide if they want to work with us. If we can't move the needle, we'll tell them up front because we don't want them hiring us if they're going to be disappointed. Right, right. And you were talking about the appeal process. Uh, you know, if, if, in other words, if um, Buffalo University was going to offer me this and Syracuse was going to offer me that, how does that work? It's negotiation and appeal, I know. How, how do you figure out that this is a really good case to do, you know, for you? Sure. So we can calculate the, the, the need, the aid packages they should get in advance. And then if the school doesn't award that, um, it starts with evaluating the award letters, 
Did they under award you, which is very, very common, as you know, then it starts with writing a snail mail, a letter to the school that we write for the parents to start the appeals process, letting them know there's an appeal coming and why. Um, and then if they still don't cough up more money, we will again physically get on the phone, find the right person in the admissions or financial aid office, talk to them, plead the case in a non-emotional way because we're not the parents. Right. Um, and hopefully, and we've got a really good track record of getting those under-awarded offers fixed significantly. Yeah, because I mean, that's an emotional time too, as uh, you well know. Um, uh, how do I receive financial aid from my chosen college? Um, you know, how does that come about? What, you know, how do I know? I'm, I'm, I'm a first generation new. I've never walked through this or I haven't been in college for so long. Right. The process has changed so much. I'm kind of like a newbie. So there's three ways you'll find out. The school will send you an email. The school will send you a letter, but you'll get the email first. And then the school will upload the offer into your financial aid portal where your child would then go log in, look and say, hey, this is the letter. This is how much money we got, mom and dad, and print it out. Good. And could you explain a little bit, because this is also in the financial aid letter, everybody thinks they have gotten scholarships. You know, I got these scholarships. And then they come to realize, or they don't realize until the student graduates, that these were actually loans. How, do you, how would you tell parents to really look at that letter? So it will tell you the difference. So it will tell you, it will break it down. There should be a line by line breakdown. Um, scholarships and grants will have the word scholarships and grants on them. Loan might say parent plus, it might say subsidized, it might say unsubsidized, but those will be either parent plus, subsidized, unsubsidized, or should have the word loan after them so that they know we're on the hook for that. We got to pay it back. Right. And then the difference between subsidized and unsubsidized, because again, we're parents, we have no idea what the heck is going on. These are, this is all foreign language to us. Can you explain to our parents what that means? Absolutely. So a subsidized loan, the federal government subsidizes the loan. And what that means is they pay your interest until the child graduates. An unsubsidized loan is not backed by the federal government you start paying interest from the day you get the check, which is the usually you know August, September, when the child goes on campus or starts school. And then the uh, Parent PLUS loan, why would I take out a Parent PLUS loan or is that a good yeah. thing to do? So the there are limits on the subsidized and unsubsidized loans on how much you can get depending on what year your child is in college. So it might, so usually those are only a few, maybe three to five to $7,000. So, most schools, that's not going to be enough. Even combining both of them, it's not going to be enough money. The Parent PLUS loan is designed to cover some of the rest. And then we have a matrix of the private lenders in the country who will provide college loans at attractive rates and terms for if there is still between any scholarships or grants, the unsubsidized, subsidized, and Parent PLUS loan, is there still a gap? Do we still have another 10 or 20 grand a year that we don't have the money to pay in which case that would come from a private commercial lender. Okay, good, because that's always confusing. Again, where the money's come from and what's going to happen, you know, if the student doesn't graduate in four years, as you know, most students are graduating in six to eight with a BA, BS, uh, it's, they're going to run out of money. 
I mean, that's the devastating part of it. Or, you know, someone's got to give them, someone's got to give them money. You know? Right. So we had that situation with a young woman uh, a couple of weeks ago who came into the office with her mom and she has trans. she's on her third school. Ooh. Freshman year at school number one, sophomore year at school number two. She's now transferred to school number three for her, her junior year. All local. She's living at home. So thank God they don't have to pay room and board. But the issue is she's changed her major three times. So a lot of the credits, some of the credits don't transfer. So I had to have the conversation for mom with daughter saying, hey, you know, the amount of money that mom and dad budgeted that they could afford to pay for this three years ago, you got year three and year four and they're done. They can't afford any more than that. So, um, and the credits that don't transfer that you now have to take over again. And since you're starting your freshman year for the third time, you're going to be have to borrow the money for the stuff that you got to pay for all over again. Yeah, right. that, that's a real heartbreak, a well, real heartbreak. That brings it, <clears throat> excuse me today. Um, that brings us to uh, something that we find so important is to make sure you pick the right school. Yes. You don't want to be transferring two or three times because you're going to lose a fortune, you know? Right, right. And that, you know, one of the things I know that Tom and I, and I know you have discussed it as well, is, you know, what is your major and how much money you're going to spend a social someone in social work god love them they make very little money and so you need to look at that the balance going to college i mean there has to be what do they call that return on investment return on investment <laughs> you know do you have oh do you help students through that whole maze as well so we have an onboarding process where we will have the student take some assessments, they're not as robust as yours. Um, I like yours better. I think technically they work better together. We will interview the student um, and ask them a whole lot of questions designed to try and determine, hey, is what they think they're studying actually what they really want to study? And kind of figure stuff out. We'll do those interviews without the parents. Because yeah. as you know, the kids will sometimes tell us stuff that mom and dad, they don't want to tell mom and dad. <laughs> you know, our most dramatic case is we had a, a 18 year old headed to, I won't say the school, but headed to college on a division one football scholarship mm -hmm. to play quarterback um, with legitimate prospects. In our interview, he said, I don't want to play football. He said, you're going to laugh at this, but I want to go to a different school for musical theater. I want to go be an actor. And I said, well, I can relate to that. I said, I do not, I did not have division one talent. Um, I, I probably might've had a different decision had I had a full ride offer for football. I said, but we're going to have to have a significant conversation with your parents because your dad, think, your dad's thinking you're his retirement plan when you make the NFL someday. <laughs> yeah, that's a heartbreak for, uh, for parents. And as you said, we find uh, students and parents often have totally different outlooks as to what's going on. Uh, Tom, tell them about the one that our, our classic case of the student. We spoke to the mom first. I need more information. Okay. We spoke. <laughs> I guess you're telling the story. Yeah. Uh, we had a student and we meet with the mom first and she, she, you know, we go through the preliminaries and we ask mom, what is the son? What does your child want to do? And she said he wants to be an aeronautical engineer. And I said, okay, it wow. sounds good. Did, you know, did our assessment, came back, holy moly, this child was not science oriented. So, you know, it's always a nail biter is like, oh, 
sat down, we sat down with the mom and sat down with the student and we kind of laid it out what, you know, the, his strengths, weaknesses and so forth. And we said, well, you know, science is not going to be your forte. Mom says you want to be an aeronautical engineer. And he's, he said, mom, where did you get this from? You know, he came and he wants to be a lawyer. Oh my goodness. That's, and that's so mom says, well, you like Star Trek and Star Wars. Oh my God. <laughs> so, I mean, you have totally two different expectations, obviously, <laughs> from both the mom and the student. And, you know, it was just, a, it was one of those classic moments where you, we all left and thank God he yeah. did come out very high in legal. And now he's in Hofstra pre-law. Right. So I, I know the end of the story. Yes, he knows <laughs> the end of the story. <laughs> Good, good. Um, scholarships, all right, private scholarships. Should our students be going out and getting them or not? And how will that affect the overall um, financial aid package that, this, that the college is going to give them? Sure, so only 2% of all the $275 billion of financial aid that's available every year is private scholarships. So you will get much more money by playing the game correctly but from the schools themselves, from the federal and state government and the schools, then you will search. I mean, we have a number of databases that are credible, that we vetted, that we recommend. However, I wouldn't spend your time looking for breadcrumbs because you might, we had a mom who spent three weeks on all the paperwork for a scholarship and actually the daughter won it only to find out it was for $500. Yeah. And she could have made, had she spent the time, the same number of hours bagging groceries at the grocery store, she would have made more money. Right. 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 And that's that's a real, uh, you know, as you said, you need to know the game. Yes. Right. What kind of changes do you see happening in financial aid? You know, everything is, of course, up in the air and no one knows where it's going to fall down. Do you see any big changes in financial aid at all? I think, yeah, there's a ton. I mean, obviously, the Consolidated Appropriations Act was last December. Um, Biden has changed the laws several times since then. He's got bills in Congress asking for tens of billions of dollars for minority colleges, for minority students, for kids who aren't finishing in four years. So I think there's going to be a lot of change. There are a lot of changes in progress right now, which is why it's really important to work with someone like you who's on top of it every day and who knows what those changes are and how to make them capitalize and get more free money for your kids because you don't want to miss out. Right. No, right. It, 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 it's a shame. Sometimes we find out the information when it's too late. So the most important question and the one that you absolutely love is what was your biggest challenge when uh, in financial aid, when you started putting all of this, this passion together because you had the experience and you had the, the drive, what was your biggest challenge? I think my biggest challenge getting started was figuring, decoding the process. So the federal financial aid formula, I actually have it printed. It's literally about 37 pages of equations designed <laughs> to determine how they determine your expected family contribution. Literally, I think maybe one book written on that. Um, and it's over a thousand pages. And judging by the reviews on Amazon, I think I may be the only person who's ever bought it and read it uh, because it's so long and technical. So I think decoding the process in the beginning was probably the biggest challenge. And then since then, obviously it's, We've had the normal challenges of growing a business in terms of hiring people, getting the word out, marketing it um, to the point where we have, you know, we have wait lists and we're blessed with uh, literally 
dozens and dozens and dozens of school counselors who refer us their students and their families on a regular basis. Um, we've got an army of financial advisors who send us their clients. So um, it's been a long road, but it's been well worth it. Good, especially uh, you know when you see the the rewards and your most memorable rewarding situation. Um, okay, so we have a student who was at Virginia Tech now, who his mother is a single mom, is a waitress, um, makes very little money. Um, he's very smart, was going for a double major, great grades. Um, and we were able to get him pretty much almost a full ride, 90% um, off basically the sticker price at some of the schools that he applied to that we were able to negotiate him for, um, including one of the top ones on his list. So it's one thing to do it for folks who, hey, we cut it from 80 to 40, but you had the money anyway. I mean, I love that baby brother now gets to go to college without debt and they don't have to worry about funding it, but taking someone from a disadvantaged socioeconomic background who was worried about how they were going to pay us and then turning that around to saving them, you know, up to $200,000 on college is, is, you know, really rewarding. Well, before we close today, is there anything that uh, we have not touched on that you want to speak on and how would our viewers and listeners get in touch with you? I think we covered a lot in a very short period of time. Obviously, I'd be honored to come back and talk in more detail on some of those subtopics. Uh, for your listeners, if they go to howtofindmoneyforcollege.com and in the who referred you box, put either Tom or Maria, either one, we'll give you both credit. Um, and that will take them to about an hour long training video I did for a school. A guidance counselor brought us in to speak for a school about this whole process and break it down step by step. They can watch that and for free and then learn more if they want to work with us or get their EFC calculated for free. Don't use the online calculators. They do not work. Um, we had a family come in. Oh, dad said, oh, I already figured it out. We're not going to get any aid. What's the point of my wife dragging me here? And then we ran it through and our EFC was half of what his was. Wow. All right. Wow. So again, cut the cost in half and him going, oh my God, I can't believe yours is so different. I guess those online calculators aren't very good. All right. <laughs> so we're going to blame the wife again. Is that it, Seth? Okay. That's the theme today. Yes. No, because we blamed my dad for starting me off on this path, right? He gets all the blame and the credit for and the business. The credit. That's or right. For college.com. It would not exist had he not driven me nuts. <laughs> and we could all sympathize with you thank you dad <laughs> i got a phone call yesterday from an accountant who called me going oh my god i just watched your webinar the same one that your folks are going to watch and i had to stop watching it because i was crying so much because i was that mom i am telling my kid right now i can't afford it and driving them crazy yeah, no, it's a it's a tough one. It's a it's a heartbreaker. That's why you need to find someone like Seth, um, you know, and really start early so you can get all your ducks in order. Don't wait to senior year. Please don't yeah. do that. It's uh, kind of too little, too late. All right. Thank you so much, Seth, for being uh, on with us. It was a great fun as always. Um, you are you're great. We we can't say enough good stuff about you. You make us smile in a very heavy a very heavy subject. Well, thank you very much. It was an honor to be here. Well, thank you. And this is Maria Geffers. And, and Tom Geffers. And we will see you next week. Thanks a lot again. Bye-bye.